This is the UTS Podcast, an independent podcast following Cheltenham Saracens RFC and grassroots rugby in Cheltenham. Hey guys, it's almost another year down. Christmas is literally just around the corner and I'm going to keep this as brief as possible. I'm Dan Lodge, you're listening to the UTS Podcast, and I am coming to you live, almost, and you're listening to our 2019 Christmas special episode. Before we get into this, this is a volunteer-led podcast, paid and produced entirely by us as volunteers, and we do everything We cover the costs for everything for this show. We don't get any money for the club and we do it all for free. We give you this podcast for nothing on the first Friday of every month on utspodcast.com, soundcloud.com slash the UTS podcast, Player FM, Podbay, Podbean, iTunes and many more platforms as well. All that we ask is that you share it on social media, help us out by giving us a bit of a plug, share the links, share the stories, push it towards your rugby playing or rugby loving friends and just help us out a little bit, especially at Christmas, the time of giving. This is the second half of the Matt Bayless episode. The first half came out at the start of December. So if you haven't listened to that show yet, maybe I suggest you go and do that right now. Just hit pause or stop on this one right now. Hopefully you did that. If not, we're just going to carry on. And go and find last month's episode if you haven't already. So hopefully when you listen to this one, it makes more sense. Everything's in a little bit better context. When you hear the first half, the second half will naturally make sense. Or if you haven't got time to that, you can just stick around and listen to this one. Entirely up to you. Matt is a local and international rugby veteran, having played for Coney Hill, Gloucester United... Uh, Cheltenham and then Coney Hill again where he was also a bit of a coach as well before turning to refereeing and joining various disciplinary panels. He's been there, he's done it all, he's got God knows how many t-shirts and now he's joining us in the sauna studio to share his stories and share his tales from every level that he's been in. So this is a really awesome chat. The first half was great this one's great. We might do a special one as well near the end of the year where we sandwich them both together and, you know, you can listen to the whole thing in its two and a bit hour entirety. So look out for that one. We might do it. We might not. Keep your eyes peeled on social media. We'll share those links at the end. We've got a quick word from our amazing sponsor and then we'll be back with Matt Bayliss. The UTS podcast is brought to you by... Okay, so the sponsor for this show, once again, is the amazing Jazzy Heath. Jazzy is a former University of Gloucestershire music student, now applying her trade professionally in Japan, and she's got a brand new album fresh out. World of My Own, her brand new album, came out today. It's not a Christmas album, just to clarify. It's just an album dropping very close to Christmas. So if you're a fan of a slightly different sound to your pop music... You don't want to miss out on this one. She's a great, growing, independent artist, much like ourselves on the UTS podcast. So we are delighted to be working with her. This is her debut album as well. A World of My Own is available right now on all major streaming platforms, including Spotify and Apple Music or iTunes if you're like me and you can't seem to get out of the past. For more info, head over to Jazzy's Facebook page, facebook.com slash Music. 
facebook.com slash jazzy heath music and one more time facebook.com slash jazzy heath music you retired from referee and, and then you end up on the disciplinary inciting panel i i, I didn't want to go down the route of um assessing referees coaching referees you when you when you're that level you know finished up on rf you would always want to keep you involved with the game to use your experience and your knowledge so I decided I didn't um, I didn't want to I didn't want to go down the avenue of coaching new referees, young referees. Um, you were asked to, you know, if there's anything at Twickenham there was there, you could have a job. And I had a good job. I didn't need to do that. So I decided to go down the disciplinary. League. And the guy who was in charge of all the uh, discipline was a guy called Robert Horner, who went on to become a president of the rugby union. And he had this idea of saying, we can't. Referees are bound to miss things, as you know. It's getting very important now. There's money involved in the game. We cannot make mistakes. We will, but we've got to try to rectify that. So then he said he'd come up with this idea of citing officers. And he invited myself, Johnny Johnson and Ken Patterson. That's three guys who were referees who just retired, recently retired. But I was, I was probably the youngest of them all. Although I was only I was 50 at the time. So we decided to, to do this. And we had some training on looking at videos, looking for after. But of course, what we did have was the knowledge of looking behind, seeing what happened off the ball. And if you played the game, you had that feeling because you knew that's when you had to do it. And you also, when you refereed, you knew that was when it was going to happen. So you could look. And when we first started this sighting, we'd have a, a, um, a cassette come. Is it called a cassette? They put them in a the box. Yeah, yeah. It was a cassette would come by Secure Corps on a Monday morning, <laughs> and we would have to watch it at home and have to put a report in by the Thursday. So you're thinking, okay, so you watch it, fast forward, put it back, put it this. And if you had nothing to report, you just used to ring them up, nothing to report. I haven't seen anything. And then it, it, then it come to then. It moved on from there. Then cassettes come, and that was possible, wasn't it? We had cassettes. And then, of course, they also used to pay for your TV to watch Sky because you could watch a game, you could watch a game there, and they're pretty good at covering it back. And then it moved on again that you had to go to the game to watch it live and then watch a TV afterwards and then put a report in. But yet again, for the first couple of years, you just ring up, nothing to report, and then afterwards, somebody else clever come along and said, well, can you put a report in? Why there's no report? So that was always a bit of an answer. You know? <laughs> so, you know, you say, well, I've seen this, but I didn't think. And they call it the red card test. If it would have been, if you were refereeing a game, would you send that player off and give him a red card? And if it didn't pass the red card test, it was no sighting. So, you know, that that's the way it was. But you used to go um, to do it that way. But it's everything moved on every year. I said, go into the game. You would then go into the TV unit afterwards. They would give you a DVD straight away. But if you're on Sky and you, you knew you had to report something, you could ask the guy in there who was brilliant. He could figure it out. And it, in fact, I think some of the Sky guys were better than the sighting officers because you walk in the room and they say, have you seen that? You know, and, <laughs> and it was it was it was very good. But that's what we had to do. And yet today, of course, it's moved on even more because if you're sent off today and it, you, you be, 
I believe. Well, I don't. I know you. 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 You would be if you're cited. You got 24 hours as a sighting officer to report it. So you got. You know, if it's a Friday night game, you got to look at it Saturday to get it in for Saturday evening. RFU want it on their desk Monday morning, nine o'clock, because there's a court court case, a disciplinary meeting on Tuesday. And you've got to remember, if you don't agree with that, you can put an appeal in, and that got to be on for Thursday. So you could play Saturday. So sometimes, you know, it's no, it's it's so quick and well organized now that you just cannot, well, you, you just didn't have time. It's the modern day, I suppose. You, you've got all the equipment, but to watch it at home, you could you could spend an hour and a half, two hours watching a game, sometimes even more. And But to write the report out to say you didn't see anything, and that was when it was getting to me a little bit, to say, well, he pushed him. You know, that's why I didn't red card him, you know. But you had to put the incidents down because what you got to remember, even though you're watching it, all the top coaches, they're watching it and they want to know why you didn't report him. You know, it got to, again, you were telling earlier on, money is involved now. And if it's your top player going to be cited or not cited, another club might want him cited and you don't cite. But that, that you know, other clubs want him cited. First year, now it's settled down. Nobody, you know, it's up to the citing officers. They don't, they don't ask for anybody to look at anything in particular. So I mean, it must must have changed a bit as well with the the number of cameras and camera angles and and all, all yeah. the different ways of viewing it. And when you used to go in, you know, when it first started, the first four or five years, and then but then you do, you know, again you got sighting. They they thought you're pretty good at it because we were the first three, not in England, in the world. Yeah, England. You got to remember the RFU brought this in, so we were doing it years before anybody else. So we were good at it because we've had practice doing it new clubs yeah, new new you know welsh come in the irish come in scots come in they were still a couple of years behind us until they got got with us so we used to do i do two in you know do go down to wales or over to ireland to do the sighting there but going into cardiff Arms park they would say what camera do you want it on they'd have 14 cameras in those days so you shouldn't miss anything, really, should no, you? Absolutely you not. know, there's 14 angle shots. And that's what you would say. Well, I've seen that. I think something happened, but I don't know what. Have you got another angle? Just like they do on the TV today. Put their hands in the air and say, give me another angle. And that's what they can do. Because they've got all these guys in the TV who can put different angles. I mean, the, the thing is nowadays, isn't it? There's, there's so much money riding on decisions. Oh, yeah. Because if, if, if a player's banned, then that could be their top player. And that could be the difference between winning the league or winning you know going through to the next round of a cup yeah yeah so that that was yeah that was that was how it is really that that was a, the sighting bit which you enjoyed and then you know then you retired and then you you'll always get these offers in in gloucester come after come not come after me suggested i go on their committee because of the experience you had of going around all the clubs all over the country all over the world and they wanted to tap into that knowledge to say what do you think we can do to improve, a, not the game on the pitch, but off the pitch? And, you know, my background in marketing, they wanted to know what other clubs were doing. So they, uh, they that's when I got involved on the committee. And that's when they said, well, you can join the Gloucester, you can represent Gloucester on the county. So you go to the county and they said, well, you've got all this experience and knowledge. Can you chair the disciplinary? So I'd done that for, what, 10 years? And that's good fun. Yeah, I did see a lot of uh, Cheltenham... Um, Junior clubs, particularly Cheltenham Saracens. <laughs> <laughs> any, any any name stand out? No. Oh, 
we got we're on personal names with uh, he, he's a chairman now. He, he seems what's the little fellow? Eddie Walsh. No, Jimmy O'Shea. Jimmy O'Shea. We're first nine terms. We were on it then. <laughs> he come in and come in and sit down. It was never. It was quite funny, really, because he was such he had a, his own chair. He's such a <laughs> such a nice little guy. He used to say, "It wasn't our fault, honestly, man." <laughs> <laughs> that was his first start off. And he, the question would be, "How do you plead?" And he nine times out of ten, he say, "Oh, guilty." Yeah, he did punch him. <laughs> <laughs> but he's there's some characters in that as well. Must must be the name Jimmy. I mean, we've got another one at the minute, haven't we? That's, uh, yeah, that maybe it is. There is a, there's like a it is a Jimmy epidemic, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing lots of things. Yeah, no, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there's a no. I'm not going. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Even see, this is what, what this is what my my take is on rugby. The guys come in in there, they come in, and they know nine times out of ten they were they were guilty of doing that offence. And, and I had a great committee working with me, really good guys, really knowledgeable local guys I brought in to help me. Because you had a table, you had a table of three, you know, and, and I did bring in, in one guy. If you got a bit silly, even at that level, a couple of times people would bring solicitors in. Well, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> trained to talk to solicitors and, and I'm not legally trained at all. So I decided, I knew a guy who was playing for uh, Westbury on Severn. It was a barrister. He wasn't the best rugby player, but when you use his name, and by the way, when you introduce yourself, you would say, and he's, he's so-and-so, and he's, um, I'm a barrister by profession. That quietened it down. <laughs> so, you know, they, they didn't really want to know that. But I, I would I would hopefully say, even in there, we were fair, less like you were as a ref, because you're quite well known, obviously, in Gloucester, and there you come, and they would sit in there in front of you. And, and I said on a number of occasions, you say, you used to ask the question, how do you plead? And some of them would say, not guilty. Okay, not guilty. So you all go out there, they go out the room and the people go out the room with them, but the player would stay there and they say, well, what happened? Well, the guy came over the top and I punched him. How can you say you're not guilty to throw in a punch if you just <laughs> said you punched him? And I would say, I would suggest you go back outside, record line under this and we'll start again. You come back in, how do you plead? guilty <laughs> and then because they learned and this is how you used to help them out saying look if you plead guilty you you can get a maximum of 50 percent knocked off your sentence like law you can get percentage put your hand up take it on the chin and you can get away you could get away with two pit two you know two weeks but if you plead not guilty and we know because you just told us you punched him that's guilty <laughs> that's four weeks yeah, and it then got around. People would ring me up. Could we have some advice off you? And he used to say, "What well, you know? You've had oh, I've had. To, they would bring some. I, I won't tell you what club because it's it's almost embarrassing saying it's Coneyo. Coneyo, where's all it? Coneyo, great character. I mean, he he came in and uh, he brought a DVD in to prove that this guy didn't do it. But what it did prove that another guy ran 20 yards to do it. And, and he went, so why did you bring that in as evidence? And he said, but it was that guy who didn't do it. I said, I know, but he did. So we got him. We've got evidence now. And, uh, or another, yeah, a couple of cases we had where people learned from that very early days to just have two witnesses. 
because another club brought seven witnesses in and, and you listened to everyone and it was almost word for word they were saying. So after the sixth one, we looked at each other and said, this has been orchestrated, right? It's been coached there. So the third, so the last one coming, the seventh guy coming, we said, don't read anything. Don't tell, tell us what really happened. Completely different. He got it completely because he told us in his words, yeah. don't let them read off a script because you know they're going to do it. Tell us in your words. In other words, good cop, bad cop, really. And we would use that. And and every time you said, well, okay. So you knew those six were telling lies and the other guy was okay. <laughs> so you still found him guilty. Get out of here. But, but we, you know, you could have, we, I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, but it, it did get time consuming because you could be out, you know, every Tuesday night from six o'clock till 10 and 11. Um, and, oh. But I did have a very, very good a guy called Dave Chambers, who was a secretary. I mean, he is he was brilliant secretary. He was a civil servant. Um, so he didn't ever went to work. So, he, you know, he'd never done any work. He was no. a civil servant. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. But he's, uh, he was a great guy, an absolutely super secretary. And he, he made my job easy. And he made our disciplinary panel. In, say, what, 10 years was we doing it? And we never had... Because when you, when you give them the sentence, you say, and you have got... A, a right to appeal. But if you appeal to the Rugby Football Union, they can put it up as well as taking it off. I never had one go to an appeal. So you knew we were fair. And that's what uh, that's what we done. Um, and we enjoyed it. But Dave wanted to retire. So I thought it'd be a good idea to retire with him. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what, what, de- what dates was that then, that you were doing that? Oh, gosh, I suppose I haven't done it for five or six years now. It's disciplinary. But, uh, okay. But... Uh, but that, that one then, but then it gets around, doesn't it? You, you're RF, you've done sighting. Then can you can you sit, you're doing Gloucestershire disciplinary. You know the rules, you know the procedures, you know everything. So you sit on the RFU disciplinary. But then you'd have to either go to Bristol or London or um, up to Coventry to do premiership guys. And you sat there again, again, you sat with a lawyer. You were Mr. The Rugby Guy, if you know yeah. what. And there's probably a solicitor with him and a lawyer. And you is not know all about rugby, but have a feel for the game. And um, yeah, yeah, I sat on that until only this year I retired from that. You're just thinking, you know, do I really want to drive out on a night like pouring down with rain, get back home at midnight? And yeah. and you're in two lawyers argue because two lawyers could argue in a phone box, can't they? I mean, yeah. you know, it's awful. They, you know, they really... Well, they were just, they, they, they were so clever and so intelligent and uh, sometimes not even talk about rugby football, you know, but the point of law. But RFU were very good yet again, would put you in a, a very, very good lawyer. But our level, we didn't have a lawyer, but I pulled him in when I needed him. Mr. QC. Edward Odom. <laughs> what a boy. <laughs> I, f- I feel like we, I feel like we've kind of glossed over some of the stories from the referee inside. We didn't really ask for any... Any stories? I you've got to have some, surely. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel like we've we've got to hear some of these some of, some of the funniest things you've seen on the international. Pull stage. up a chair, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Right, I could see. Uh, there's. I know the first time I I done I done Wales Wales A against Ireland A down in Cardiff. And I, uh, I, I actually done the game. It was, it was absolutely pouring down with rain. It was on a Friday night before the main international on a Saturday. 
So I done this. I done the game, and anyhow, Wales went over for a try, and this great big Irishman looked at me, and he glared at me, and I said to him, "If you're thinking it, but don't say it." And he said, "I think you're an idiot." <laughs> <laughs> But he did use other words as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that that was one of the first ones I done. And then you went on back down to Cardiff and to the Angel because they give you a ticket to watch international. And because I walked in there and uh, Roger Quidditon was doing the senior game the next day, the uh, Wales-Ireland. And I walked into the Angel and bear in mind that I got grey hair like Roger had. I had an RFU England badge on like Roger would have. And this Irishman, who was quite happy and well piddled up, come over to me and he said hey Roger would you want a drink and I said oh I'd love one thank you <laughs> so we had five drinks with him and he said to me about quarter to twelve Roger don't you think you ought to be going to bed I got, said I've got to tell you something Paddy my name ain't Roger it's Matt Bayless I've done the game this afternoon <laughs> <laughs> and I had five pints with him <laughs> and, and it was some some good ones on that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you I'll tell you another one and it sounds as if he's just shouting them up from there. there's loads of them but uh, my wife always said I should have wrote a book in, because you know we can we can have some laughs and fun about it. But I, I, I was referee. I done at the army against the navy. Oh God! At, at Twickenham, and and two things there. One I learned out. You know, you, it's so well organised. Um, but you know, you you run out. And one of the things was bef on before the game on the morning. Another le not emails or anything. A letter from the RFU to say no players are allowed on the pitch at halftime only a water carrier no coaches are allowed on clearly marked under there no coaches on the pitch because we stayed on the pitch in them days of course so i do in this game and one thing that happened is when we run out there that we went to go out and i said the army the navy had run out because there's navy music being played and i said to the art captain of the army out you go i'm not going out what do you mean i'm going in i am not going out when that bloody navy music's on wait till the army music is on. And I, had, I stood there and i said you've got to go because it guy from Twickenham TV was saying he got him out he wouldn't go until the <laughs> army music come on and then they run out and I thought well this is going to be a good start anyway the game was going quite well half time mm. I'm thinking I must remember at half time don't let anybody because you knew you were going to be two assessors one in one stand one in another so anyway this guy come, started to walk on with a long coat and he was walking on the pitch and I, and I blew the whistle and I said nope you're not allowed on get off I always kept walking. I said, I'm telling you, you're not coming on the pitch today. Get off. He kept walking. And I said, he's only going to hear a bit of Gloucester stuff. I said, hey, sailor, get off this pitch. Using another word. So the Navy boys just burst out laughing. And I went, okay, so I don't know what that was. Anyway, we did turn around and walk off. So that was okay. And then after the game, everybody was shaking hands. I said, hey, what, what happened at halftime then when, uh, when you all started laughing? They said, I can assure you, I have never heard an admiral called Sailor. <laughs> <laughs> and at the dinner in the evening, have a guess who was sat by you. <laughs> <laughs> he turned his back on me. He never spoke to me all night. <laughs> and I never got another services game. <laughs> so so that, that was a couple of the ones. Yeah, it's, it's been... Uh, Quite, uh, quite. There's some funny ones around, but that's about. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty more. I mean, if you, if literally, just keep sharing stories. I'm all for this. This uh, is absolutely great. Yeah, that, that, uh, oh, that, uh, <laughs> I, I, I tell you, one game as well. It, it, <laughs> when it, when it do get to you sometimes, and 
I, I went to a club who were having a bit of problems. So I went there two weeks on the trot, and that was when I was really at the top. So why are you going there? No, oh, we had a bit of a problem, and they, they had a bit of hassle. And uh, I said, I'll go. Because they were with the referees, as I said, we're not going to send a referee there. You can't do that. I'll go. So I went up there the first week. And it, 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 you could see where there's a bit of trouble with some rest in it. And anyway, and I, I went the next week as well. And I did have to send one off and that week. And then the next week I'm up there, this guy came over to me and I said, look, calm down. Calm down. You know, I'm not, you're going to send me off. I said, I'm not going to send you off. I want to talk to you. Calm down. And he said, this again, he said, I seen you last week on the telly. You were bloody awful. And I said, have that card. Get off. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, what did you send him off for? I said, he cut off. It was no good. <laughs> he abused me as a match official. Oh, man, my face hurts. <laughs> oh. Uh. I asked enough of them, and you've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, we'll move on for a minute. Yeah, yeah. We'll move on. We'll move on. Mm-hmm. Um, you've also you are also president of. I'm just seeing actually here on on the CV you've given me, uh, Harbury College Rugby. That's me. I've, I've. How you, did this come about? Quite easy, really. I was. I was. I. I went into business. It's sixty. I retire from work at sixty. Uh, I put some money into a business. After 15 weeks, it went belly up. So I had to go and get another job. So I got approached to go to Cinderford as commercial manager. Yet again, they were tapping into your knowledge and experience. And I had six years at Cinderford as commercial manager, which was really good. And we went up three leagues there. And it's a great rugby club. A lot of old traditions. A lot of nice people. But I decided then, I said, look... I can't go on forever, can I? I was 60, 65, just going to officially retire, get me pension and sort of enjoy a few Saturdays off. So I, that's what I done. I, I retired from there. But I, then, then Hartbury, the principal at Hartbury found out I was going to retire, invited me over to Hartbury and asked me to do two years as commercial manager because they had no, no experience of anything. And the club was obviously rising high. So I went there and I worked there as commercial manager for five years. And then I said, somebody got to take over. So I said, OK, um, we, we, you, you can't, you know, you can retire. And we'll get somebody else to come in and do it. But will you stay on the committee? So we have a committee meeting and an annual general meeting. They make me president. So, <laughs> so they got me for nothing for three years. So, so I used to go every, as I said, every... Um, every week home and away because I thought it was your duty as the president to be there and I, hey don't get me wrong I enjoyed every minute of it um, but it's only a three year honour because they, they like they, they think as a president after three years they're where you you know you'll wear yourself out so they got this idea of a president just for three years so and so mine come to an end last uh, the end of September last year uh, no end of April last year wasn't it end of April uh, end of April this year of course end of April so this is my first year with just um not being involved with Artbury as as a as a commercial manager or as um as a president. So we then go to the first home game and they stand up and they make a speech and make me a life member. So <laughs> the bugger's going again for nothing. But I have told them I would take that on or on, but I will not be travelling away. I'm not travelling to you know, Newcastle Cornish Pirates for six, seven hours on a coach. I don't you know, I've done that, been there, got the T shirt. 
So as I said... Yeah, uh, I don't think anyone will blame you for that. <laughs> what I can do now, of course, is um, do what I want to do on a Saturday. And that, that's, that's a nice feeling to have, isn't it? And the first game of the season, Hartbury were playing away at Newcastle. And I looked in the paper to see where a game was. And I rung a guy from Cheltenham. And I, I said, I'm coming over to watch a game. He invited me for lunch. And then made a fuss of me because it was 50 years since I played for Cheltenham. And... <laughs> 48 years since I was captain. So it's a, it was somewhat nice and something to be, you know, well, I will say they made a fuss of me and it made me feel very good after not being over there on a regular basis. But to go back and they still remember what he did. And a uh, few people there you knew and a, a lot of them was gone. But there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was really the full circle, I think. And, um, you know, still involved. And then, of course, people do get to know these things you know as I'm a, a member of the former Gloucester players I now go I get invited to King's Own to do the, the boxes with former players and current players so we you can do that as well and they have a, a legends bar and I'm by no means a legend but I go there and sit on a table and uh, enjoy a few beers with people and just chat about rugby football which I don't find too difficult. But the sounds of it, do you ever take a day off? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, yeah. We're quite lucky to get you in the studio at this point, I think. Yeah. I, I owe somebody a favour. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask, actually, because I imagine it involves some kind of alcoholic beverage. No, 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 no. It, it's, uh, <laughs> security lights. Go down that avenue. You might know him as an electrician. Oh, well, fair enough. <laughs> uh, no, that's... Sorry, Boxy. I don't know why. My first thought was that you were you would be on the drink i don't it, know why that came from it it did come it it did start off that way in portugal <laughs> over a glass of gin and tonic there we go with, with a cucumber no no we'll get on to that uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no expertly made by my son harry yes really yeah yeah he didn't have any himself oh that's all right then as no no he's making it in his... yeah yeah yeah, it's because it didn't yeah. last long enough with you two around, I suppose. <laughs> we, 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 we actually drank times. all of the gin, yeah. <laughs> About two or three bottles, wasn't it, I think? We had a good night. Yeah. Oh, dear me. <laughs> no, that was, well, it was over two nights, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, to, be, to be fair, Harper had a good old, they've had a good old rise through the through the ranks. It's been very, very successful. It's a great... Uh, you know, I've, I've enjoyed my time there. It really has. It's, I mean, it's... Uh, we were south when I joined. There was southwest, southwest one, I think. Mm. So you know, we've done a bit of travelling, but it it's some great rugby football. Really good stuff to watch. Struggled last year, but they've got you know they they've realised you've got to have some big lumps, some big heavy forwards, and you know um, they they've had to recruit a little few boys in um, because it's got a great name. That's the thing. There's a stepping stone. Going back to my day or these days, it's still a stepping stone, isn't it? The stepping mm. stone. People come from all over the place to go to Artbury and and I just mentioned this one I was there when Ross Moriarty come as a 16 year old fullback he come to Hartbury, he played in the Freshers he played for the Bucks on a Wednesday then he got promoted to the RFC Gloucester picked him up Wales picked him up he's a British Lion so there is a pathway Johnny May is another they've all come through the system at Artbury. so it's a good system well run good coaches and Lovely facilities. Um, am I right in saying that our Gloucester moving away from Harvard? Yeah, they had a 10-year contract to stay there. The college itself has got bigger 
and you know got bigger and they need the facilities yeah it's it, I, I'm, I'm told there's no fallout at all it's just it's agreed that you know the college itself has outgrown it have outgrown the and they need the facilities that's the most important they need that for you know like one time you know there was 3,200 students now there might be you know, you know 4,000 odd you know so you know from 30 odd different countries and you know so it the place is is growing and growing and now of course it's no longer just a college it's now a university so yeah. you you could get older people come who've gone and played a bit particularly nice when some people go away probably haven't made it in a premiership then realize they got to have education so they might yeah. come back and say well i'm going to do i'm going to go to college well don't go to college go to a university come to Harper university and play rugby football as well so you're playing a good standard of championship rugby and getting your education because they do train in the morning whatever people say they train from seven to nine yeah they can use the weights in between and they they will then train four days a week they don't train day in day out like the myth is that they that's all they ever do they still got to go to lectures they still and if, if some people are coaches they still got to coach the juniors and if they work on maintenance they got to go in hang a few doors that tend to fall off from time to time with students <laughs> absolutely yeah um <laughs> talking of myths is um is it a myth that i heard that that harbury couldn't get promoted to the premier premiership they don't want to get promoted uh, they couldn't anyhow because the facilities are not good enough. And that, and they, you, they just do. They they never ever have enough money to be a Premiership club. Yeah, the, the the myth I heard was that they they couldn't get promoted because of their ties with Gloucester. No, that's not. They couldn't. The principal have said, uh, going back when we were National One, he was hesitating. Do we really want to go to Championship? Because the pressure on him yeah. to find funds from sponsors and marketing people to get money to come in to sponsor players and do this. It ain't easy when a college, if you're a town side, it's a little bit more easy. But, you know, all the big bucks have already gone to Gloucester, haven't they? Yeah. You know, that's that's where it happens. So, and you, there's no multi-millionaire who could come in and say, I want to own Hartwig University. No, you know, right. it, so that it, it's not there, you know. We are very, very good championship side, and that's what they want to stay. They want to stay in the championship because it attracts people, players, absolutely, and I attracts mean, students. That's what that's what they got to do. Because they're they're doing really well at the minute, aren't they? They're sort of mid table. Yeah, yeah, up, they've, up had a, they've had a good run. They've, yeah, they they picked, as I said, they picked a few bigger players up. A couple of boys have come from um, come to go to the university. In particular, they got a very, very big, good. Uh, ten who, who gets us out of trouble and um, they used to say we play the Arby way of throwing it around, throwing it around. Well, <laughs> you cannot do that in that league. Sometimes if you're in the 22, you want to be in their 22. And this boy got a boot on him, and he put us in their 22. Who's that? Uh, I forget his name. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't go on away trips and talk to him. <laughs> it's not Marcus Latchford then. <laughs> no, he does love a, he does love a big kick though. To be fair, I know, I know. Having said that, Pitt has played 10 on Saturday. Did he? Yeah. Did it? No way. Honestly, yeah. Against uh, Chapman Civil Service. He played 10. Bearing wow. in mind, he's been a prop all his life. Oh, God. <laughs> but he's, there we go. Yeah, he has got, he's, he's got a, the, the brain and the hands of a... Uh, of, of a prop. Of a, no, no. Of a, of, of, of a back and a 10. Yeah. But possibly, yeah, the, the body of a prop. Oh, but, yeah, no, absolutely. The smartest <clears throat> prop I've ever met. Yeah. In terms of, like see in the game because it's just absolutely yeah nine times out of ten you get like a i was gonna say dave big dave but i think that might be a bit harsh maybe maybe a dan burnham where it's just 
I'm going to get the ball, forget passing. Everyone who's around me is going to be like into the ruck because yeah. it's just going to be prop prop crash. And the, and the funny, because I mean? we had, we had um, pitches at 10 and Buster at 12 and <laughs> just, just watching the opposition run, run at them. <laughs> one, one bloke literally bounced off Mike. <laughs> that was the funniest thing I saw on Saturday. <laughs> Oh, I love Pitters. If he is listening, Pitters, do come on the show, please. <laughs> make make this happen. So, actually, actually talking of of while we're, while we're name dropping, I, I believe we've got a few listener questions. Um. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> we, we do, do mocks. They're not actually they're not actually questions. I sort of put out to to anybody sort of far and wide questions uh for you oh god please make them broadcastable no 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 No, they're they're actually um they're actually statements really um one of them uh john berry yeah Cheltenham Uh, winger he's yeah he's played played with you at Cheltenham yeah um he's been refereed by you met met with you at Harper and whatever he just basically said that you didn't met up him he rung me and wanted a free meal bringing his grandson (laughs) oh that so yeah so that's why he describes you as a good guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) I get, I get. I, when anybody rings me, they always want something. <laughs> yeah, they want advice. It's great about discipline, it. or they want a free meal at Artbury. Do you know or what they want? Out. A ticket for King's Home. I was about to say that. Now I've got your number. <laughs> uh, I have to do some more lights. <laughs> um, the other one was uh, John Wood. Woody. Yeah. Uh, just he's saying that. Yeah, Matt was a great referee um, until you played one of his old clubs, especially Coney Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody said I was bloody biased. They always say I was biased against them. Yeah, oh, I don't know about that. I was always hard against. <laughs> um, well, yeah, one thing I'd, I'd like to know, just um, out of curiosity, really, when you watch a game, sort of on the telly or whatever, what perspective do you watch it? Is it a player, a fan, or a referee? It took me four years to watch a game of rugby and enjoy it because I was looking after the ball, before the ball. Particularly when you refereed, that was hard because you were looking. I don't watch a referee. At one time, I used to watch a game and I watch a referee for five minutes, and you think, "Why am I watching him?" You know, I want to watch a game. I now, and it, and it's quite funny. It's only the last two years, but in a game I go to, and I always sit down because when I was at Hartbury, when you're a commercial manager, you're walking up, see how people are, and in hello, how are you? And I would miss things. I now got a seat, and I sit right on the halfway line, and I sit and I watch a game. And I watched the game. And that's the first, it's taken quite a few years to get out of the mentality of refing, sighting or whatever. But um, no, I, I now watch a game. And even, I'm, you know, I shout at the telly sometimes, mate. Tell them when I've done it wrong. But other than that, I, you know, but no, I, I, I tend to watch a game now. Okay. Um, yeah, right. We, we've got some um, sort of questions that we always, that we always um, ask our, our guests when we, uh, when we do these podcasts. Um, so as a player... Uh, who, in your opinion, in your opinion, that you played with was the best forward? I, it only one guy I had the most respect for was a guy called Jack Folk. Was a prop. He was so solid, and he he was brilliant. But he had no, he didn't have flair. But he he would hold any scrum up, and he and he was one of the nicest guys you could meet. Um, but it, a guy you would say probably as a forward 
was it Dick Smith. He had everything. He could run, he could sidestep, he could do everything. So there's a couple of Gloucester players there. Okay. So you, you would think they were you know excellent players to play with. Um, okay, the best back? Uh, that would be probably be Terry Opson as, or Mickey Booth. <laughs> As a partnership, again, you know, okay. they were they were legends. I didn't play a lot with. I don't. I ever played with Terry, but I played a few times with Mickey, and uh, you know, he was a boss, and he 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 could read a game like I couldn't read a game like he reads a game, you know. And I still can't. But I mean, <laughs> you know, he, he's he's a bit special. Uh, right, the, the best tackler. Oh gosh, I would, I don't know, John Bayliss. No relation. He could tackle. Okay. <laughs> Uh, no, you wouldn't get by him anyhow. <laughs> okay, the, the the quickest player that you played with? A guy called it, uh, Tim Hamilton would be Tim Hamilton from Cheltenham. He was pretty. He was pretty quick. Okay, not the big Jim Hamilton that was a no, no, round. no, not the one. Scott, no, he's a plodder. No, yeah. Tim, uh, Tim, Tim, sorry, his name is Fielding. Tim Fielding. He's a very. He went to Australia, but he was he was pretty quick, and he had it to go with it. Long blonde hair, and he was oh. a bit smooth. Very good. Okay, the slowest. Well, probably. I think. Uh, I think. I think. We might not get what we usually get with this one. Probably be me. <laughs> I expect. <laughs> um, slowest. I don't know, Craig. There was a few donkeys when it. Brinny. Brinny just plodded around the pitch. Alan Brin, I would say, would <laughs> plod around the pitch a bit. <laughs> great guy again. Great guy. Got you all the ball you wanted, but. Uh, the the best coach or manager? Bob Redwood, I, as a coach, was ahead of his time. He was he would say as a coach, you know that there's obviously a lot around today. But in my day, as a coach, knowledge of the game, Bob Redwood was he read a game which, again, we didn't look at it that way, did we? I didn't. Yeah. What Just club was that? That was when he coached Cheltenham. Okay. Uh, he, he was very good. And he went on to coach Gloucester, of course, in the county. Uh, the best captain you played under? Oh, that was me. Obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, best. Again, uh, Redwood was a great captain as well, yeah. Okay. Um, who was the best referee that you ever had? I, I would have. Uh, Norlin, Clive Norlin, I ref, he ref me a couple of times. Okay. Um, who's the best player that you've ever played with? Oh, that's, that's a difficult one, because it? It, it all depends what position. You know, you know it, all, all, all round ability, there's so many, like you say, you know, I've obviously not mentioned any from from Charlton because that step up, but it, it King's own. It would have to be, you know, there's like Mickey Booth, Terry Opson, Richard Jardine. Um, you know, they they were outstanding players. Bob Clues, you know, he, he just he was unassuming. But 580 games for Gloucester, you had to be good to play that many times. Yeah, and and you know, just, <coughs> you know that's, well, you've got to be good just to play one, haven't you? Pretty fair, but. Yeah. Uh, Okay, and the best team that you've ever refereed? All Blacks. Isn't it? All Blacks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite an easy one. Yeah. Right then, let's go on to the, uh, the quick fire, Dan. The quick draw quiz. Right, red, white or blue? Red. Surf or turf? Surf. Bacon or sausage? Sausage. Rolls-Royce or Aston Martin? Rolls-Royce. Football World Cup or Olympics? Olympics. Elvis or the Beatles? Elvis. 
<laughs> Australia, New Zealand, or South Africa? New Zealand. Uh, cucumber in gin, yes or no? Yes. No. I don't care what goes in gin. <laughs> I ain't too keen what goes in gin, as long as it's gin. Okay. <laughs> he makes, to be fair, he makes a good point. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if it's, it's got to be tonic, hasn't it? Gin and tonic, I don't mind gin and tonic. I used to drink drinking bitter lemon at one time. I don't know, but it's got to be tonic. That's quite nice, that is. But yeah, I know. Tonic, yeah. Got to be tonic. With with I don't mind lime or lime, lemon, cucumber. Mm, I don't know. No. The answer there is no. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tonic. <coughs> um, no. Okay. Matt or Mike? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Talking today is going to be Matt. Well, I told you it's my stage name, but okay. we always laugh at that. The family always calls it's it's great, isn't it? I mean, you know, your family, everybody calls you Mike. Um but in rugby circles for sixty years, yeah. If you, people now say to me, Somebody told me the other week your name was Mike and I went, Yeah, and they said, I've known you for fifty years, I didn't know that. And that's that. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I, for, for the first couple of years, I used to say, no, you got my wrong name. And in the end, it's even in the paper, your name's Matt. You know, he, when I first joined Cheltenham, it was Mike. And then after the second season, it, it's Matt in there. And in all the programmes I got, it's Cheltenham captain, it's Matt Bailey. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it, really? Okay. Uh, Mom, might love it or hate it? Hate it. Mm. Uh, would you rather um, play rugby or referee? Play absolutely right okay um we'll move on to favorites have you got a favorite joke i told you four <laughs> <laughs> i can't tell them on this thing i got um, i used to do a little bit of after dinner speaking but uh i can't tell that, 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 I, politically yeah. correct now you just can't do it yeah, so i no longer you, you, I'm, I'm frightened at my age i'm gonna say the wrong thing i'll tell you that's so i don't say it no yeah you, oh no! You, you told me in Portugal, and that wasn't. That has always been in this. It's not. I didn't put it in there no, just, no, no, just no. for you. You're absolutely right. But I, I've I, you know, <laughs> knuckles wrap for telling a. So 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 no then. Okay. No. And in, um, and in 2019, the year of getting offended as well. Oh, oh, oh is you know, it's best to avoid it at all costs. Dan, isn't I, it? Dan, Dan, if I tell you, I I I was invited up to Luctonians. To, to speak, and I hadn't been there since I opened their clubhouse that 20 odd years ago. So I started off by saying. I must have been bloody good that night because it took you 20 years to invite me back. <laughs> but by saying that, they had, it took them 18 months so I had a free date so I could go. And I went there and, and I thought I'd done very well. I took three mates out with me because one of them was going to drive. We had a fantastic day and I had one letter back from the club to say I'd been reported for <laughs> telling a joke. And I had to write a letter of apology to the club and to that person. And I said, I ain't speaking again. I've never charged a penny to speak. I've traveled everywhere. And my, my, thing, my terms and condition was to go to a dinner. I'll get there. You get me home. Wherever it was going to be. Bristol, Devon, Cornwall, anywhere. You got to get me home. In other words, put me up overnight or make, get me back to my house. But never charge a penny. Pure amateur. Always will be. Too late now to go professional, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, have you got a favourite fancy dress? Mm, I, I, yeah, yeah. The only one, my wife is not into fancy dress, so we don't do fancy dresses as a couple. But I, I will say on my 40th, I had a big party. 
Well, he's at big parties, 40, 50, and 60. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a big party, and I made, and it, and it was it was on a big hotel with a friend, my, well, my brother-in-law run it. And everybody had to be, because it was 40, you had to dress in 40s. And everybody came, and I, I dressed up as Freddie Starr's Hitler. <laughs> and uh, so, so we're going through this as uh, offence, offence, offence. <laughs> so I done that, and would I get away with it today? Probably not. Somebody report it, wouldn't they? But it was, it was armless fun, and everything I try to do is armless fun. But it, it it's well, two thousand and nineteen, and Prince Harry got got um, done for it, didn't he? Yeah. Well, he didn't didn't get done for it, but it, you got sort of. Hold over the coals, to me, but well, oh, yeah. but, but, but but that actual costume isn't. It's not a Nazi costume. It's 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 Freddie Stars taking the mick out of the Nazis. It's the 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 hat I had was a, was a bus driver's hat. <laughs> I mean, it was and the wellies was green. One was right and one was left, like you used to. Yeah, and a pair of shorts on, and and you made a swastika. In in I and I know now, but that was thirty five years ago. You can get away with it. You daren't do anything like no, that. No, you now. can't. And, and and I don't know if we gone politically correct mad, but that's the way of the world. So you just got to move on with it. Mm. Okay. What's your favourite drink? Gin and tonic. <laughs> okay. Easy. What's the best ground that you've ever played at? Twickenham. Okay. The best ground that you've refereed at? Twickenham. <laughs> the worst ground that you've played at? Still on the road. <laughs> really? Yeah. Before they had the new clubhouse. Oh, okay. And the old Stow on the Road. Uh, and the worst ground you've refereed at? Ooh. Saracens Old Ground, when they were in a public park. What, Chatham Saracens? No, the Saracens. Okay. Saracens. <laughs> right, okay. Um, Favourite stag do? Oh, Who's that? Who was that with? <laughs> I don't think I can answer that one. <laughs> well, you can see, you can say who's worse. I got it. Jackals. Nigel Jackson's was pretty hot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we'll leave it there, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Favourite tour? Favourite tour. You won't believe it. I went after... I went on... Coney Hill's 50th anniversary tour, 50th year at the club. I went with my brother, who said, we'll go. I went as team manager. And I think that was only because I could talk a little bit and some of them couldn't. But we got over there and we went to Canada for 17 days with 56 players. And we never had a word out of place. We And when I said what time it was, we were there. And we also, we had a, a great blazer. We had a special blazer made because it's 50 years of Coneyhill. It was a green blazer for some unknown reason with the, the crest of Canada, obviously the maple leaf, with a Coneyhill badge put in the middle. I'd done that, got the jacquard, and I threw it away. Nobody will ever have one of them blazers if they didn't go on that tour. And it was a fantastic tour. Best tour I've ever been on. Mm. I tried to get them to have bowler hats and an umbrella, but they wouldn't go in that <laughs> But we did have bowler hats. Brilliant. Um, I'll put this one in. Obviously, without naming any names, have you got a favourite disciplinary case? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God, no. 
you can't say a favourite. You can say some that was difficult. Some was extremely difficult. You know, you, you could sit there and, and you weren't 100% sure. But you, you, you couldn't say it was a favourite one because the ones that were difficult, that's the ones that was long and the ones you weren't 100% sure on. So, um, no, there, there was there was an incident with with you know, with a referee and, a, uh, and uh, where was it? It would have been a referee and the physio of a club. That got a little naughty. Right, okay. And and that was the difficult one. And that was... But tell you a funny one on, on discipline. You know, I'll throw this, I'll just remember this one. <laughs> we, had, we had a case in... A guy come up and he had okay, and he brought... Um, he could bring evidence of t DVDs. So he put the DVD in. And um, I said, no, 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 the DVD must be complete of the game, not just the bits you want me to look at. So we decided to, to adjourn the case because he, he highlighted only what he wanted to let you see. So we had to postpone it for a week. He come back the next week and he couldn't make it, the coach. So the chairman of the club came, put the DV on and you could hear in the background Coronation Street on. So you knew that one been doctored as well. So you threw the case out. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a true story as well. <laughs> so you okay. knew, knew it had been doctored. <laughs> um, what's your worst moment in rugby? I think it all depends on what you look at, really. I mean, an injury. I've done two Gloucester, I've done a lot of Gloucester trials, but two Gloucester trials, breaking a leg when you can hear a crack. That's oh. awful feeling, you know. Straight away, you blow the whistle. Thing. But the worst incident was a game between Great Britain Fire Service against the French Fire Service. Full international at that level. Um, it was awful. It was... Do you want to hear the story on that as well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We, it was in Ifley Road it, um, it, it, in Oxford. And it was all there. And the mayor was there. Everybody was there, lined up, shaking hands, national anthems going on. But you just had a feel something was wrong you just had a feeling it kicked off and the hooker started kicking and fighting so in the end anyway i said look it's, it's got to stop and, and we and it was the most difficult ref difficult game i had to ref really was difficult from the word go you you just watching it it was awful so we, you're blowing for everything and you can you can hold it back and blow for everything scrum scrum try to kill them by having scrums every two minutes that'll take the enjoyment out of their game Anyhow, it, it, it just didn't stop. So I had to send this hooker off and I sent him off. And But it still kept going on. And as you know, you are the sole judge of time. So I blew it up. Five minutes, maybe even 10 minutes early. I said, that's that's time. And they said, that's the time. They said, no, 10 minutes to go. No, that's it. I walked off. And the guy I sent off come running towards me. <laughs> and I thought, I'm in a bit of trouble here. And luckily enough, I had refereed Lanetley two weeks earlier, and they had two firemen props playing for the, playing for the fire service were Welsh boys who remembered me from the, that game. And we're walking off, and they, I said, "You better, I better stand in the middle of you two. Don't worry." We're walking off the pitch, walking. He kept running, and then he got really close to me. A prop put his hand out, caught him on the chin. He went down like a lead. <laughs> of course, everybody, hey, what's going on? What's going on? And I said. Now, I walked in, we got in the changing room, referee, no, pressed knocking on the door. I didn't see a thing, didn't see a thing, didn't see a thing. <laughs> and we went to the dinner in the evening. Uh, bread rolls started throwing at us. I thought, I've had enough of this. So I just said to, to get me out of your own halfway way. But what I didn't realise is that they had trouble the year before in France. 
and it kicked off big time there. A lot of bad feeling, a lot of bad feeling. Um, and they come back and they put them up in the fire station. And the French said, this is not good enough for us in the fire station. They've been out on the drink all day, went back to the fire station. No, they're not going to stay in a fire station. So somebody came along with the idea to put them into um, Bryce Norton, the RAF station Bryce Norton. <laughs> so they put them to the Bryce Norton, and this is the day before the game went. So they went to Bryce Norton, and the guys on the gate said, look, this is it. But what you got to do, you are allowed to go in the officer's mess, but you must wear a tie. Okay. So they turned up wearing a tie. Nothing else. <laughs> so that was it. So we thought that, and, Chris, and I will say that game has never, ever been played again. <laughs> no, they just do not play the game. Anymore. Fire service in the French fire service don't, they don't play the game. Do you know, um, Dan, uh, Tony, who's doing that, the other podcast. Yeah. He's played for the English fire service. Oh, there you go. We'll have to. So I'll have to ask him that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Speak to him about that. <laughs> that was the last game. It was the last game. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, the, your your best moment in rugby. I I I think it's it's two things. One is is the first ever game you run out at Twickenham, and that and that was only to do um, a school you know schoolboy game, but it was to run out at Twickenham. It's, it's an HQ. Fantastic feeling. Yeah. Okay. Um, your favourite rugby song. Silver Dollar. No, I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to ask the question, Max. Um, I've not, I've not heard it. <laughs> no, I haven't. Even to be fair. Um, Good. <laughs> <laughs> Google it. <laughs> it's going to stay that way, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, who's your favourite player of all time? Favourite or best player you ever think played a game? Best player I think e you ever one. played a game. I would say Gareth Edwards. Okay. That hurts for an Englishman to say that, doesn't it? But mm. he's outstanding. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Moving on. What advice would you give to your younger self? I wouldn't change anything. Nah. I've, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed every year. I've enjoyed all of it. Okay. Um, I, I, I might be a bit more politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> Um, have you ever been mistaken for anyone else famous? Yeah, Roger Quiddington. <laughs> um, oh, Jay, oh, um, George Clooney, somebody thought I looked like as well. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> that was only three years ago. I must get a grey hair. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, uh, which crisps make the best sandwich? Salt and vinegar. Yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, you've probably just answered it then, but who would play you in a film of your life? Oh, George Clooney, you've got to be in there. Somebody, <laughs> they're going to laugh at it, isn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael Caine, I would have thought, though, wouldn't he? <laughs> um, have you got any superstitions? No, 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 no. No. Did you did you ever as a player or rep or no? Ah, I suppose you, I never I never cut I never cut my nails on a Friday. How about that one? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know where that comes from, but that's true. I do. <laughs> uh, which three people, dead or alive, would you like a dinner party with? Ooh, um, 
I like Prince Charles. Um, who else would get me along that lines? Um, I, who else? That's difficult, isn't it? I would, I would. Oh, that is a difficult one, isn't it? Really, got to be a famous rugby player, wouldn't it? Um, you, you, I suppose you would like. Well, I've sat with him, so no. I'd say Gareth Edwards would be another one, and and probably Billy Connolly. I mean, somebody with humour. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right then, Dan. Here it is. I reckon this could be the one. <laughs> uh, this is a running theme. Nobody has, has got it right yet. What's the best Bond film? Russia We Love. Oh, no. Okay. I genuinely, I genuinely <laughs> had high hopes for this one. <laughs> Honest to God. I'll tell you what, it's close. It's close. It's one of. One of the best. Um, okay. <clears throat> right, the Saris, um, Sweet Caroline is our anthem. Have you got a karaoke song? Not at all. No. <laughs> he knows that. We, he knows we're going to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's another no then. Have <laughs> <laughs> um, have Coney? Have they got a song that they they always sing? Silver dollars one. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I'm, I'm okay. No. I'm not going to ask you to do it. Ah, <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I, hey, I haven't sung it for twenty odd years, but I, you know, it, it's one of those. It's just you know. And, it, and it's only silly thing like you can roll a silver dollar down the street yeah you know and it rolls roll rolls and it, yeah but it, there's there's a lot of lot of uh and it, it, it's not dirty at all it's just a bit of fun fun thing mm. yeah okay um yeah as the manager of the uh of uh, the end of in the 17s at, at our club um and <laughs> apparently the vice chairman as well of the youth section um have you got any any uh, advice for for kids, boys and girls playing the game now? All I would say is enjoy it, enjoy it, and when it stops enjoying it, stop playing. You know, just keep on enjoying it. <coughs> Train hard, play hard. Absolutely. Right, that's that's me. Um, all I say is uh, thank you. You're welcome. I got to be a gin and tonic somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'll bring I'll bring a bottle around. We'll, we'll, we'll have a drink. We haven't got any cucumbers. Ah. <laughs> you can keep the time. cucumber. Uh, thank <laughs> you. Well, there you have it. Matt Bayliss has been around in rugby since the 60s, both on the local, national and international stages. And I guess... He's basically a bit of a diamond mine in terms of rugby stories because he's probably seen all types of stuff both as a player and as a referee and watching games back on VHS in the old days as a sighting officer. So I guess you could say he's probably got way more stories than could ever be shared on this. We've probably missed out on a whole bunch as well. We've probably not even scraped the tip of the iceberg at this point. We probably could have done a third or a fourth part as well because there's probably so much we didn't touch on and so many questions we could have asked or should have asked and then didn't. But I don't know, maybe that's for another time or maybe for another amateur podcast, who knows. If you like this show and you want to hear more, then Ace, 
That's awesome. Thank you very much. Head over to our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash the UTS podcast, where you can find all of our shows available for free. If you're seeing names in and amongst the lists on episodes and you aren't able to connect any dots, head over to our website, utspodcast.com, where all of our shows are listed and you can get them all for free directly through SoundCloud. Each episode also has a guest or topic photo, so if you can't recognise a name, hopefully then you'll be able to recognise a face, and it might encourage you to listen to that episode, whereas before, if you didn't know who they were, you might just have skipped it or bypassed it or whatever. So go and check out the website, utspodcast.com, have a look through the pictures of the guests, find the shows that they're in, and maybe give them a listen. We're also on numerous streaming platforms, links to which are also on our website. We recommend using iTunes because then you can subscribe and you get all the shows sent directly to you as they come out. So then you don't have to miss anything, which is awesome. And I suppose at Christmas, it's like us giving you a little gift, but for every single month of the year. Um, Because we're generous like that, and as we said before, we're not paid by the club. We do this entirely out of our own pockets, running continuously at a loss, even with the support of awesome sponsors coming on board. But we recommend you use iTunes so you can subscribe and then you can get them. So then you don't miss a show, which is even better. You don't even have to look for it. It just comes straight to your phone or your tablet. And of course, if you're an iTunes or Apple podcast user, Please don't forget to leave a rating and a review. All of your great feedback, hopefully a five stars if you really love what we do. It's all very much appreciated. For any further updates on the UTS podcast, find us on social media. Everyone's on social media nowadays. You're all glued to your phone. It's not difficult to find us. All of those Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter are at the UTS podcast. Or if you're super lazy like me, just head to our website and all the links are right up on the top of the screen. That's it then. Another Christmas show done and dusted. A big thanks to Mark Moxie Collier for sitting in and arranging this interview and making it go absolutely clockwork, which is awesome. Uh, big thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for our backing music Jingle Bells, which we use on every single Christmas special. We also use it royalty three under the Creative Commons license 3.0. And I go, I recommend you uh, if you're just starting a podcast or if you need some royalty free music, you all you need to do is credit the guy like we do Incompetech.com for that one. I mean, he doesn't know that we're plugging him, so you know, do him a favor, I guess. He probably doesn't even know who we are, doesn't know that we use his music. He probably just doesn't care. He's not getting money, so he just isn't interested. Big thanks as well to our sponsor, Jazzy Heath. Her brand new album, A World of My Own, dropped today on all streaming platforms. Uh, I'm about to go and do that now, so I suggest you go and do the same. Go and check it out on Spotify, and then if you want to buy it and keep it, maybe do it through iTunes if anyone still actually bloody uses iTunes anymore. We will be back in January, not on the 3rd though, not on the first Friday of January. We will be back on January 10th as we're going to give ourselves a little bit of a time off over the holidays. So we will see you right back here on SoundCloud or iTunes, Podbay, Podbean, Player FM, Overcast FM, Pod Paradise, whatever, whatever streaming site that you use. We will see you back here, not on January 3rd, 
but on January 10th in 2020. Have yourself a great Christmas and a fantastic new year, and we will see you on the other side. Up the Saris! And as because Moxie's not here, up the Saris pups and up the Saris cubs. See you in 2020, you filthy animals.